You're listening to the Your Queer Story podcast, the podcast that inspires peace, love, and radicalism, led by your favorite hosts, Evan Jones and Paul Hobbs. Trigger warning. Our content covers centuries of LGBTQ plus stories, and occasionally we may use outdated language or cover topics that include violence, assault, homophobia, transphobia, as well as other injustices against marginalized communities. Make sure you subscribe and review wherever you are listening, and be sure to follow us on all social media at Your Queer Story. And if you want exclusive content, join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash yourqueerstory. You're here, now let's get queer. Hello, queerstians, and welcome. We just want to tell you real quick about Audible and the great deals that you can get on us, a free 30-day trial with a book. All you have to do is go to audibletrial.com slash queer. My week was good. Um, there wasn't a lot. Just I worked a lot. I, I work in retail for my day job, and uh, we're getting ready to go into uh, Christmas preparations already. Oh, uh, do you already have your Halloween up? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yep. Already have the you Halloween. You know what's so funny? Smell. What? Do you smell it? Probably not yet. No. I lit a. Um... <laughs> I lit a pumpkin spice candle. Where? Upstairs? It's, no, it's on the stove. Oh, okay. It just probably hasn't like resonated oh. yet. I have had pumpkin spice coffee already. And Wait, I, I wanted to it. buy David's. Oh, you got it at like a Starbucks or something? No, we bought it at, a, we got in the, uh, the, the Dunkin' Donuts pumpkin spice. Oh. And so I bought it like as soon as like I opened the box. Like a package of it? Yeah. And it's delicious. It's amazing. I wanted, but see, I wanted to buy David something pumpkin spice like... Because he can't have coffee. Yeah. So I was trying to look for like... Oh, yeah. I don't know what else they have. Well, everything. Yeah, Literally I, I everything looking, is pumpkin spice. They didn't have anything at Stop and Shop, though. So. Oh, well, then you need to come I mean, to my location that I, I should visit you at work one day. You should. You should. Um, no, we have pumpkin spice Kellogg's, pumpkin spice Pop-Tarts, pumpkin spice Making granola bars. All, whatever is pumpkin spice... We have it. It's good. So you should come check it out. But yeah, but other than that, I didn't do anything. And I did go to a, um, a nice, it's an LGBTQIA fitness boot camp. It was a free boot camp in Rhode Island. So if you live in the area, there is a trainer that has been offering some free uh, boot camps for queer individuals. At least they're, they're trans masculine, they're queer, non-binary, and... Um, Yes, and a certified trainer, very good boot camp. I, I've been to a lot of like different things like that in my life, and they did a very good job. Uh, it was a good group. It was out in the park. It was really nice. So, How that, can we uh, find, is there like a web page for it? Um, I don't know if there's a web page, but if you are on Facebook, you can go to, um, that? <laughs> that's letting me know somebody's moving by my front door right now. Oh, okay, good, good. <laughs> but it's this also- episode is brought to you by Ring. <laughs> Not really, though. <laughs> yeah, so if you go to um, Facebook and you go to Alien Athletics, that's the it. Also, if you follow us on our social media, I try to post whenever there's activities for any any queer. You know activities. what we need on our website? We need a what? calendar. We do. That is a good point. And we could anytime we see that. Whis- um, 
Worcester Pride. I mean, really, any prides. We could probably just... There's oh, probably yeah. a way we can accumulate all the prides, mm-hmm. like, what they're doing, and probably just put them on there. They're oh, yeah. all over the country. Yeah, yeah, just so people know what's going on in their communities. Also, if people arrange... If you're listening and you're arranging face-to-face meetups, which we've been really pushing, you can let us know and we can put that on the calendar too. So you're like, hey, we live in Michigan and we're going to do a, a meetup uh, the first Thursday of the month. We can post that on there. So, oh, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, um, resources. So Evan does a monthly mm-hmm. transgender meetup, yeah. and I would like to try to do like an all-inclusive queer community meetup. Yeah, just like if you want to meet us and or if you are already know us and you just want to hang out with people in the queer community that, that's not at a, like a bar which it's fine but there's just i feel like everything is at a bar yeah we could do like a dinner or yeah. like a weekend lunch you just can't you brunch. can't talk to people brunch <laughs> people love brunch you just you can't talk to people in a bar it's nothing wrong with mm-hmm. it but it's just like the whole queer community revolves around bars and clubs and it would and be nice so to just loud. exactly it'd be nice to just go and talk to people so if you're looking for friends or support group in the area and you live like i said in or around rhode island Check us out. We'll be putting that up on the calendar once we get that loaded. This idea that just popped into our head. (laughs) But what about you? So I went. I left the house, everyone. I know Mm. you're so proud of me because I'm proud of me, too. Uh, I went to two drag shows. The first one was a drag brunch in Newport at the parlor hosted by the Trailer Park Girls. And the second one was yesterday. Yeah, yesterday which was, at the time of recording, the 24th, um, Friday evening. It was called Bragging Rights in Providence. It was hosted at the Columbus Theater. And Nenny Nothing, who is also a trailer park girl, was crowned the winner. So that was actually really yeah. fun. Um, we also got our house insulated. Ooh. What is happening? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> um, we got our house in- insulated by Rise. Yeah, so... Yeah, I don't have to stay busy in this area. Um, so... A couple other things, which we talked about on our last episode, but we really got it rolling, is um, our Patreon page is up. So we're working um, really hard to bring content to everyone. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what we decided on is it's going to be kind of like a premium content-based model. So our podcast is going to remain 100% free every single week. You will never be charged to listen to an episode of our podcast. However, yes. If you would like to listen to more of our wonderful voices um, and learn our views and opinions on modern events, modern topics, um, this week we're going to, like, uh, when this episode goes live, we are also going to release our first 10-minute talk, and we're going to be covering um, the Catholic Church, the current uh, conspiracy around them. The, like, the current scandal with, uh, you know, all the, the sex scandals that are breaking, and also, of course, the fact that they're blaming homosexuals for their... For uh, men issues. violating children. teenage women. Yeah. And, well, I mean, and boys, too. boys, too. But, for, for men violating children. Somehow yes. that's the, the gays' fault, right. of course. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we're going to be giving a lot of personal opinions. So this podcast is generally more fact-based and more mm-hmm. knowledge-based. That's going to be very opinionated yeah. and... Um, our views on the world, basically. Just perspective. And then we're also, Evan's also going to share his um, transition updates, and yep. we'll share a little, you know, five, ten minute clips into our life. You know, I, we're not really going to have a consistent um, schedule with those. Those are just going to kind of be as events happen in our life. Yeah. Um, yeah, just just other little, little, if you want extra content, if you want more of us, uh, this is a way that you can do it, and it's really simple. Like, there's tiers start at $1 a month, there's $1, $2, Five dollar and twenty dollars. Yeah, and and it, and it's not like if you lock yourself in, you have to do it forever. 
obviously there's not like a set thing you can do it for one month you could do it for six months you could do it for a year but every little bit count uh, helps us uh, our goal in the future is to provide a uh, physical center for queer individuals to go to host support groups to have more podcasts to have more education and learning and and know. to help create a place where people can go on a regular weekly basis yeah um and get support and really feel like they have as a queer person you get to pick your own family yeah so i really want to have somewhere where where people who feel like they can't do that right now have access to that yeah and they can come by on a weekly basis just drop in and say hey how's it going you know yeah and really just have a family setting yeah where where support is available 20 not 24 7 because i gotta sleep but (laughs) five seven days i don't know you know it's it's there it's a place to go because face to face and we keep we talk about it but face to face interaction is so important it really is i uh, the internet is great obviously you're listening to this podcast it's wonderful the outreach that we can have with people but isolating yourself when you're going through a hard time is not healthy um and you have to you know and so this is a way hopefully we can provide more support i know that for me finding a support group when i started my transition was like uh, that's why I was able to come out because yeah. I had this place to go, and so it's uh, it's about coming out. It's about having support when everything's go are, go wrong with your family, with your job, with your partner. It's about providing support for partners. It's about it's it's about all of that, and of course, it's about educating and and you know, um, changing, continuing towards this progressive path of equal rights for queer individuals. Mm-hmm. And it's. It's also good for mental health. Mm-hmm. Just not only the support and comfort, but your mental health. Um, I have personally battled with depression, and yeah. I know that any time that I um, pulled myself away and kind of didn't interact with people, things always got worse. Um, so just having yeah. a place, to really just, just having people to talk to yeah. in a face-to-face environment and feeling that genuine human connection is so important, and we really want to help bring that to people. Yeah. So that's our goals. That's what our Patreon page is for. So if you're donating to that, you're donating to the queer community. You're not donating just to Paul and I. Oh, no, no. Yeah, the, the money doesn't go to our pockets. The money no. goes to... The Im- community. Exactly. Exactly. So anyway, so check out our Patreon page. And um, real quick, for anyone uh, for anyone who's thinking of donating and you don't have much and mm-hmm. you, know, you are embarrassed or you don't want to do the $1 a month because you feel like you should do more, if right now we're at about 1,000 Twitter followers... If every single Twitter follower donated just a dollar a month, that's a thousand dollars a month, which would allow us to do a lot for the community. Exactly, and like we said, it all goes to the community. So a dollar goes a lot farther than you think, and you know whatever you can give, whenever you know. Um, but yeah, but that so our Patreon page, go check that out. That's at Patreon.com/slash/yourqueerstory. Exactly, and you can find links to that on all of our social media sites. Remember our Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook. Pinterest. Pinterest, whatever social media. <laughs> um, any social media, you can go and you can find us on there. And if you want to meet us face-to-face and you live in New England, we are going to be at Worcester Pride on September 8th, yep. Saturday. Saturday, um, Worcester Pride, we'll be there. We've got a booth set up. You can meet Kelly Square there. She's a well-known um, drag queen who got her start in Worcester. And um, so you can check her out there. We're also going to be taking people's stories. If you have a story that you want to share, we ask you to contact us. 
because um, we want to set up a couple private interviews, but also we will be taking people's stories at the booth, so you can drop by, we take your story, if you let us take your picture, take your picture, and that'll end up going on our Instagram wall. Yep. So any picture plus story with your consent will go on um, yeah. the Instagram wall, and if you kind of just, if you don't really want to do a picture, but just want your story out there, uh, we would like to, at the end of every podcast, start kind of telling stories. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be yeah. nice to share someone's story at the end of every podcast. So we're trying to get more stories now. Um, so if you're interested, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people have said they've, they're have they interested in sharing and they just haven't gotten back to us yet. Yeah. So whenever you have that five, ten minutes to shoot it to us, it can be, when we say your story, it can really be anything. It could it be just, it could your, just, yeah. your coming out story, you know, yeah. how you struggled with your family or how your family, like literally any part of your life that you feel you would like people to know. Exactly. It doesn't have to be a book. It can be two paragraphs and your picture of just like, where you are, you know, and, and like, uh, you know, like, like Paul said, whatever is important to you, you know, we just want to share people in the queer community, um, you know, to encourage others. Right. Um, the more you see out there, the the safer and more comfortable you feel. If you're exactly. like, oh, wow, there's the, it's called social proof. So you see more and more people who are interested in the same thing mm-hmm. or, you know, if, if you really, if you look at our Instagram right now, we have nine great stories on there. And as we grow, if somebody sees that, they're going to feel confident. They're going to be like, wow, look at all these people. Like, they're living their life. I want to live like that, too. So that's yeah. the whole point of this podcast is to build a safe community for yeah. everyone in our community. So, anyways. <laughs> so, yeah. But like we said, Worcester Pride, that's in two weeks, September 8th and Saturday. We will have the booth, Your Queer Story booth. So come by. Check us out. If you're going to Worcester Pride, you should go to Worcester Pride. It's a lot of fun. It is. And yeah. it's, it's in September, so you get a nice break between the June and September. Yeah, and... it's a nice little extra bonus pride. Exactly. Queerstians, today we are diving deep into <laughs> our Christianity with a story from the Bible. Oh my God, we yes. did it. I know you've been so excited. <laughs> so this is a love story about two men, David and Jonathan. But before we begin, we want to make a few things clear first. We are not attacking any people of faith or people's choice of the religion that they follow. However, as amateur historians, it is important that we state the facts, and the facts are this. The Bible is a series of exaggerated and often flat-out made-up stories. In many cases, these tales of adventures are even copycats of other religious or local legends. And before we, before I uh, start reading, yep. I want to say... Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the most Bible I have ever read. Mm-hmm. Actually, when I was, um, growing up, I was raised, I guess, agnostic. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really ever taken to church and I wasn't really ever taught about religion, but my mom would say things like, you know, like to hint that she had a little religious belief. Um, but it, I was really not raised any religion. So when I was probably like 12, I was like, I should read the Bible and like, educate myself (laughs) so i opened to a random page and i started reading it and i was like what the fuck is happening right now i opened to a page and what did you say i opened to psalms you must have opened to the book of psalms i opened it and just to a random page because i was like i don't know where to start i guess i could have started at the beginning that would have made sense but But you never did (laughs) so there was just like chunks of text there was like four four (laughs) rows two columns and i yeah I read one little block of text and I was like, nope, and I closed it and I never looked back. 
Yeah. So. <laughs> Whereas I grew up reading the Bible every day, and that is not an exaggeration. I read the Bible every day of my life. So would you like read it through and then start at the beginning and read it through and start at the beginning? I mean, there were different ways that you could do it, but yes, by, by the time I was older, I would have like a, a schedule. If you read three chapters a day, you can get through the entire Bible in 365 days. So you had a ton to a science. You're yeah, like, no, there was Bible charts that our church, my church, would pass out. Bible charts. Yeah, in January you would get these charts where you could track you reading the Bible through. And did you have to turn them in year. to like prove you were doing it? No, you could, but you didn't have to. You wouldn't like get banished or something. You would just get beaten and kicked out of the church. <laughs> no, but, but they they were just they really pushed like every year there was a push to like read your Bible through this year, and so. Um, and then, and then there were other things too. And then there was always the people that like, we're going to read our Bible through twice this year, you know? And so that was, that was my life. So I'm very familiar with this bitch. Yes. So a perfect example of of, like the exaggeration in the Bible. So a perfect example of the exaggerations in this, in the Bible is the story of Noah's Ark. In the very first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter six, we read the harrowing story of Noah, the only good man left on earth. God comes to Noah and tells him to build a boat because God is going to destroy the entire earth with a flood to wipe out mankind and start over, which, you know, is really easy if the earth's flat because then, yeah. then, then like, you can just flood it. Like, exactly, if, just if, flood if, it, and then they, we all just float off the yeah. sides. Like, nah. <laughs> You literally can just... Ah! <laughs> Where am I? You're right here. He... <laughs> oh. He commands Noah, who is over 500 years old, so you know his ass is in a wheelchair or is like some fucking crutches at least. So ridiculous this shit. When I go back and I read the Bible now, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I thought all of this was real. This guy is 500 years old and he... He's building the biggest ark in the fucking world. Yes. He's like, oh my God, he's like, what we gonna do? As he's picking up the plank, his arm falls off just because he's so old. (laughs) Shit, there goes my arm again. Uh, So Noah, who is over 500 years old, according to Genesis 5.32, and his three sons, how old are his sons? I don't know, but he didn't have them until he was 500 years old. So somewhere between his 500th birthday and his 600th birthday, all of this happened. He pops out three kids, and then he... Well, he had 100 years to do it. He did. He had 100 years to... Had these three sons, they get about 30 years old, and he's like, okay, How did he go 500 years without a kid, though? I, <laughs> fuck if I know, Paul. <laughs> fuck if so, I know. Um, so he had his three sons to build an ark, and that could hold two of every single animal on earth. So the Bible even goes into specific detail on the measurements of the massive boat, and no, they don't make a ship large enough to hold two of every animal. In fact, the legendary ark was smaller than the Titanic. But yeah, but yeah, somehow God just like called all the animals, all the penguins from Antarctica and the giraffes and the lions and they all came together and they climbed on this boat. And they didn't eat each other. No, and they absolutely didn't eat each other. But this is all real, 100%, because miracles happen. Anyway, between Noah's 500th birthday and 600th birthday, the ship was completed. God sends two of every animal to the boat, then seals Noah and his family inside to await the rain. Another interesting part of the story is that, according to the Bible, no one had ever seen rain before. Somehow, in the thousands of years of human activity, rain had never come. And to quote Genesis 7, 11 through 12, I don't think we're going to get to this. Okay. 
In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day where all the fountains of the great deep opened up and the windows of heaven were opened and the rain was upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. <laughs> so he lived all his whole life, never had rain. Then all of a yeah. sudden, so water just starts falling from the sky. Yeah. He's like, motherfucker, what do we what do? What the fuck? That's exactly how it describes it. Like, people start panicking and they're like, what is this water from the sky? And they're they just running start around. jumping off the side of the earth? They, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just said it now, guys. Wait, no. if the Earth's flat, what do you think the people who live at the edge of the Earth see? Oh, they have That's a very a good, yeah. They have a beautiful every morning. They I don't get think the, I don't think the flat earthers thought this out. I don't think they did. Like they have the best I live, view. I live on the corner of the. Let earth. me tell you something. If the Earth was flat, you know for sure some capitalist dick would have already established like a string of hotels on oh, the edge yeah, of the Earth. The entire, Why wouldn't you? The entire circle. Or maybe it is, and all the rich people know about this, and we don't know because we're not rich. And we'll never have enough money to go sit on a hotel on the edge of the earth. So, yeah, so the rain's coming, people are like, The so rain's yeah. coming, and people are freaking out, and they're banging, and they talk about it. They're banging on the ark. They're begging oh, Noah to let them in, but Noah's like, I've got all these animals on the ark. I can't be saving human lives here, folks. I've got me and my three sons, and we're going to repopulate. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, actually one of Noah's sons later gets him drunk and uh, fucks his father. It's a good story in Genesis. <laughs> so if you really want to get <laughs> fucked, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just okay. I'm sorry if I'm offending anybody. I just no. find the okay. Bible, I find these stories to be highly. Obnoxious. We're not talking about Jesus here. We're talking about Noah's Ark, and it is a fucking fake story, folks. There are so many, we're going to talk in a second, like, there are so many stories of Noah's Ark in all kinds of religions and cultures. Like, it's a fake story. So, you know, if you are a Christian and you're being offended right now, you're probably not listening to the right podcast, first of all. <laughs> I don't know why you are. And if you, but if you're a Christian, most Christians today know that Noah's Ark is not a real story. So we're making fun of the story. We're not making right. fun of of your religion but the story is fucking ridiculous anyway so here's the thing this story is a ripoff from several older myths of a great flood in fact flood myths or deluge myths as they're sometimes called are some of the most common creation stories one of the most popular is the epic of gilgamesh which is much more entertaining than noah and his sons yeah. the epic of gilgamesh is in a middle eastern story mm. i don't know exactly where it's from but it's a, it's a whole story of a man going on a long journey there's a there's a lot of parts of it but it ends mostly with the story of a flood and it's basically noah's story but with this guy named gilgamesh yeah. and but it's a more interesting story hmm, interesting unless you prefer the idea of three hot sweaty young men toiling away in the sun well they are already a hundred at this time so <laughs> i don't think they were young men <laughs> <laughs> they're all on their crutches like beating the wood with their crutch yeah they don't have they can't that's why it took a hundred years because <laughs> you try hiring some younger labor seriously so in addition to the stolen storyline geological evidence proves a worldwide flood has never even happened though there is evidence of a large mediterranean flood which could have spurred some of the many many flood myths there was also a lot about how the ice age you know obviously as it was mm -hmm. melting there was a lot more flooding happening so, um, so I mean, that, that also is a reason why there could, and, and it was like a rebirth, right? The mm -hmm. Ice Age was a oh, rebirth yeah. of life on Earth, and so that could be where these creation myths come from. So it's not completely fabricated, it's just 
the idea that there was a flood somewhere isn't fabricated, but the idea that there was a 500-year-old man and his three sons building an ark to hold two of every animal on earth, that is a complete fabrication. Right. So these sto- like reading these Bible stories for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. So I'm did you like Futurama? Like that kind of comedy? Mm-hmm. So there's a new show on Netflix called Disenchantment. I want to watch that. That's oh, by the same... That's yeah. by... What's so, his name? So that's what it like reminds me of. Like the, the amount of insane... Like I'm like, what kind of drugs were the people who wrote this on when they wrote it? <laughs> and like that's how I feel about this. Yeah. They were, were smoking on, something? They were on something when they were making these stories because yeah. I'm like... They, they were fucked up. They're like, you know what else happened? It was a 500-year-old man. <laughs> and they had yeah, he was 500, yeah. <laughs> it's a great idea. Everybody can live And then one old. guy's, you know what we should do? We should just have his son fuck him at the end of all this. Yeah! Like, okay, Joe, I guess we can throw <laughs> right. that in there if you have to. It's like, yeah, I think we really should. We should just have his But I never did him. that. I never did that. But yeah. I think that'd be a great story to throw in there if, if you guys thought it was a good <laughs> if, you, if you guys were into it, like, I'm, I totally think it's, like, gay. But, like, if you guys think it's cool, then I'm, like, totally into it. <laughs> Anyways... But our point in this entire story is simply this. While the Bible may have some good teachings for guiding your life and believing in a God or Jesus is beneficial and even crucial for many people, we have to accept truth. And the truth is most stories in the Bible are just fables. And we state that because the topic of this episode is controversial in many Christian circles, which do not want their hero King David tarnished as a homosexual. But there is no reason for controversy because there is a strong chance David and Jonathan didn't even exist. And if they did, what's so awful about two men being in love? So real quick, when you yeah. sent me... So Evan sent me the idea for this episode and I was like, that's great. Mm-hmm. And then I was telling my boyfriend David about it. And I'm like, yeah, we're going to cover David and Goliath. I said Jonathan <laughs> and Goliath or something. I don't remember. But I was like, yeah. And he's like, I don't think they were gay. And I'm like, well, isn't Goliath like the lion? I don't know like, what happened. Like, <laughs> I was like, no. I was like, there must be some homosexual like ties there. Like, I don't know. Maybe this was a big masculine lion, and he was like a gay. I don't know. Where's this even lion? Where did you get the lion from? I I thought Goliath was a lion. (laughs) Oh god. So he was like, and I was like, oh, it's David and Jonathan. Okay, that makes more sense. No, it's funny because the entire. I knew that I wanted to do this episode for a while because I read. I oh god, I should have looked it up. Uh, the Gay 100, I can't remember the author. It's a nice little book of, of 100 gay individuals that impacted culture and society. Mm-hmm. And the author included David and Jonathan in that because their story, even if it is fictional, has had a big impact on 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 art especially, but just on, on generations. And it's sparked a lot of controversy for for thousands of years oh by the way the picture you included in this i was cracking up on oh i know yeah, we're gonna get to that i know we'll get to that we'll get to the picture i'll cut that out but, but i had to tell you i was sitting on the toilet like reading it i was just laughing i knew you were gonna like that anyways so but there's a lot of controversy because um you know people are upset that david and jonathan are considered gay which when we talk you decide what you think at the end of this episode but even today so i knew i wanted to do this episode and then i'm on one of my little forums and i'm part of an ifb survivors group for people in the independent is fundamental it a Baptist group or like a forum forum it's a it's a facebook group okay so it's a, a independent fundamental baptist survivors group if, um and uh i'm on there and someone had posted us the story of david and jonathan and all these people people that aren't even christian some of them anymore are like getting offended by this story and i was like 
why does it matter? I mean, they probably didn't even exist. And if they did, what is so awful about them being in right. love? Like, what is the controversy? So, you know, don't be surprised if you share this with your Christian aunt and she has a heart attack. But If you've showed any of our episodes with her, she's probably already had one. <laughs> but, I mean, exactly. she could live to be 500 years old, too. So, yeah, you never yeah, know. Exactly, you don't know. So if the characters of the Bible are real, it is statistically probable that some of them were gay, bi, trans, queer. And if it's all fake, then making people irritated with this story of forbidden love is just what we're here to do. Hey Queerstians, thanks for listening to today's episode of Your Queer Story. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with your free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I love Audible. I have had my subscription for over two years, and it is worth every single penny. I listen to it all the time. I hate to read, but I love listening to things while I work. Audible gives me the opportunity to listen to the best-selling books while I'm at my computer or driving and makes the day fly by. And the best part is that Audible offers a wide variety of queer-friendly books as well. So you can listen to anything from The Queer History of the United States by Michael Bronski to over 200 LGBTQ fantasy novels. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com queer. Again, that's audibletrial.com queer for your free audiobook. So without further delay, put on your best church bonnet or bow tie or both and get ready for Sunday School Queerstians. Our story takes place in the land of Israel. The nation is at war with the Philistines, and frankly, they're getting their asses handed to them. The Israelites are exhausted from fighting, and the week's long battle is at a standstill. While both sides take time to rest, the Philistines begin to taunt their enemies. One Philistine in particular was a formidable foe, and his name was Goliath, and Goliath was not a lion. No, he was not. He was just a big man. According to the book of 1 Samuel in the Bible, Goliath was 9 feet 9 inches tall, and every day he would stand at the edge of his camp and yell, Choose you a man for you, and let him come down to me. If he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then will we be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then then shall ye be our servants and serve us. But King Saul, the king of Israel, was too terrified of the giant and his army and refused to send anyone out to fight. So day after day, the taunts and ridicule continued. Some of the men who fought with King Saul were the sons of a local sheep herder named Jesse, who often sent extra food to his sons while they were stationed on the battlefield. And this is, if this was true, this is when battles raged forever. Like the story of Troy, where they're like fucking outside the city of Troy for like years. 20 years. Yeah, and it's like, God, just fucking raid it already. Why did it take you so long to think of making the big horse? Jesus Christ. So Jesse's youngest son... Well, it took him 100 years to build an ark. So. Well, that's true. It took a lot of time to do stuff back then. Apparently, time was what everybody had. They were all dying at the well, age of 30, yeah, but no, they had all the time. they were living until 500, so... <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Jesse's youngest son, David, was the carrier of these meals and arrived one afternoon as Goliath was in the middle of his daily challenge. The teenager began to ask why no one was taking up the challenge, because that's what teenagers do. Like, hey, I, I can beat this guy. I don't, I'm not scared of him. He don't scare me. Mm-hmm. And perhaps it was the youthful immaturity or sheer conceit and ignorance, but David offered to fight the giant. <laughs> why not? Right. Just, you know. <laughs> it's, I don't know how old he was. He I mean, only, he had, if he was a teenager, he was probably like 17. He yeah. had like another 483 years That's in true. his life, you know? That's he had true. time. He did. He did have time. <laughs> so King Saul had offered a large reward for any man willing to take on Goliath. 
In fact, the exact reward stated that the king will enrich him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. King, the people were always handing out their daughter. They were. The it was like a currency. It really was. Whatever it was like, ah, <laughs> okay, I'll tell you what. You uh, watch the camels while I'm away and uh, I'll throw my daughter in. Yeah, and you know all what? the time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw in a bag of gold too because she's not that great. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> That's my mediocre daughter. All the other ones have already been taken. The good ones have already been married off. This is Susan over here. We can't get anyone to marry her. You you watch the camels for a weekend. You can have her. And like, eh, I'm just going to watch the camels for free to be honest, Bob. <laughs> Where are we at? Is We're my here, turn? But oh. even <laughs> But even with such a hefty prize, he was still surprised that a shepherd boy would be the one to take to answer his ad. After some debate back and forth, the king finally allowed David to fight Goliath. Apparently the shepherd was excellent with a slingshot and even claimed to have killed both a lion that's where I got it from. That's where you got it, yeah. Yeah. He claimed to kill uh, both a lion and a bear. The boy chose five smooth stones from a nearby brook that faced and faced off with Goliath, and the rest is biblical legend. So he took out a nine foot nine massive man who killed tons of people with five smooth stones from a nearby brook. Only one, because the first one went right from his sling. And there's a song I sang when I was a little kid. Oh, and one little stone went into the sling, and the sling went round and round, and round and round, and round and round, and round and round, and round, and one little stone went out of the sling, and I don't remember, hit the lion, the Goliath in the head, and then it goes, and the lion, giant went down, down, down. It's a good song. Good song. Sing it to your kids tonight. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, uh, David was just wrestling lions and bears out in the wilderness, I don't know. Are there lions in the Middle East? Lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. <laughs> yeah, well, he said he had killed a lion and a bear. There must be because there's a lot of stories of lions in the Bible. Anyways, so David and Goliath is one of the most well-known stories, unless you're Paul and don't know anything in the Bible and around the world. <laughs> I'm telling you. Keep reading, but I'm going to look this up real quick. There is not a lion named Goliath. I'm telling you, there is. To this day, it is still used as the... To this day, it is still used as a proverbial example of someone beating the odds. If you ever hear of a David and Goliath story, that is, you know, like the little guy winning against the big guy. Yeah, it's a very common thing. Yeah, it's a common term. However, most people don't know the rest of David's story. He was a very passionate, aggressive, and often violent figure in the Bible. It seems that whatever he did or whatever he believed, he put his entire soul into it. Uh, he was a very controversial figure. Um, don't really like him. As a kid, I loved David, and he's and that's part of the reason why he's a con- it's a controversy because the farther right you go in Christianity, the more people worship David. Mm-hmm. He's like a big. My brother is named David after David oh, in the yeah, Bible. Actually. Yeah, exactly. He's named after David in the Bible. Like he's a huge figure to far right Christians. But the truth is, he's uh, he's very con- like it, it, he's complicated. Like, there's some things that he does that's really good, but there's also some awful things. Like, he has an affair. Well, no. He rapes a married woman and then gets her pregnant. And then when she won't, when he can't cover it up, he has her husband murdered. So he can just be like, well, he must have got her pregnant. And then he, like, marries her. Like, he does that later in life. 
you oh know. Oh my god. But but somehow he's a hero. He's a hero of because redemption. he raped a woman. Like that. I mean, like and he covered it up. That's like what the well, it, like raping a woman isn't anything. It's like oh, well, we've all raped a woman, and I guess apparently in the well, I mean, when you have the president saying just grab her by the pussy. Well, well, yeah, I when mean, you're voting a man that's raped women, clearly treat how you treat women doesn't matter. But he, but people just see it as a story of redemption because he rapes her and then he has her husband murdered. But then he marries he, her. But so then he, he takes care and he of asks, her. He says sorry. He tells God that he's sorry, and so that just shows that anybody can be redeemed, and that's why we should forgive all the men whenever they make mistakes because we all fuck up sometimes, right? After defeating Goliath with his slingshot skills, David returned to the nation's capital with Goliath's head and presents it to the king. It is at this time that David meets Saul's son, Jonathan. We don't know much about the meeting, but we do know that the two had an instant connection. First Samuel 18, 1 writes, And it came to pass when he, David, had made an end of speaking unto Saul, that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. So, he definitely wasn't gay. No, definitely not. He no, loved... Just... They were. They, they basically just said they were soulmates, but they're not gay. No, definitely not. He loves him as his own soul, <laughs> meets this rugged young man who's just killed a giant, and instantly is like, I am connected to you. He's like, you're holding a guy's head? That's pretty hot. <laughs> uh, I like my men. I like my men. So, after David had killed Goliath, he runs up and cuts off Goliath's head with his own sword. And then he's just walking around with this thing. This moment was recreated by an unknown artist in 1882 in the form of a stained glass window. The window hangs in St. Mark's Church in Edinburgh, Scotland. The inscription beneath the window reads simply, The soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David. It's just a beautiful uh, picture of the two men hugging and the, the quote from the verse. Not long after the two men meet, they have a very intense experience. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him and gave it to David and his garments, even to his sword. Which one? And to <laughs> his bow and to his girdle. It's a very, like, it's, you don't see the, it's not like people do this all the time in the Bible. So people are always like, well, they were just really good friends. They got naked <laughs> and he gave him a sword. They, there's no just... other story in the Bible where two guys are just stripping off their clothes <laughs> and making a covenant with each other. And their soul was intertwined. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like today when two guys are, it's like if someone sees you and David together and people are like, oh, those fellows are good friends. <laughs> and you guys are like holding hands and you got, you know, hugging each other. <laughs> like, oh, okay, yeah, no, 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 just they're a real just, intense yeah, they're, friendship. Yeah, they're just really close. You can't assume anything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Several historians and even queer people of faith have suggested that this covenant was somewhat like a marriage ceremony. We don't know exactly what happened, but we do know that this is one of the most intimate covenants in the Bible. The term covenant means a binding promise, and there are several different kinds of covenants in the Bible. However, David and Jonathan's best fits the marriage. And again, this moment is recreated by artists throughout history. Around 1505, Renaissance artist Sima de Congliano did a painting that symbolized David and Jonathan's covenant. Though, the two men were fully clothed and David is walking around still carrying Goliath's head for some reason. And don't and worry, we will post this <laughs> This is a you. great picture. These two are walking around. He kind of looks like he's the guy from Lord of the Rings. Um, okay, but this was the 1500s. He, yeah, he looks so like Frodo, kind of. Maybe Frodo looks like him. Same thing. Because Frodo came a lot longer. After Same thing. Okay. But 
Like, they're just holding this guy's head. Like, it hasn't decomposed or anything. It's perfectly... And he, looks, he looks so mad. He's just angry, and Jonathan's walking next to him, looking at him adoringly. Yeah, he looks really bow. cute. He's like, oh my god. It's like, hey, David. This is, that's like the ultimate, like, feminine... Yes. Like... It's definitely... It was definitely an adoring stare yes. in the picture. Like there's, you'll you'll see it. I know everyone's like, "What are you talking about?" But it'll be it'll be posted probably with the article mm-hmm. and um, or with our the link to our podcast. And it's just the two of them just enjoying a moment. So make sure you go and check that out because mm-hmm. it's a great picture. And I just love the fact that he's carrying around the head. And then look at who the- doesn't <laughs> like to bring a head on their first date. <laughs> But look at, he's like loving, he's like real serious, and then he's like pissed. It's great. The giant whose head, yeah, the giant's pretty fucking pissed. Because he's like, oh, first of all, it's bad enough that I got killed by this little fucking asshole, but now he's carrying me around with his fucking boyfriend, and I don't even like gay people. <laughs> Probably, though. So while the two men continued to deepen their relationship, Saul, the king, was sending David all over the country to fight his wars. Because why not? Hey, you killed a giant, you're 17, why don't you go fight for me? As David's name grew, the people began to favor him more than their king. During one evening feast, several women entertaining the king sang the words, we don't know what it was, but we'll make it up. Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands. <laughs> that was beautiful. Thank you. you should- be a YouTube singer. I Not should. a real singer, though, but it, like you could probably just, just get on YouTube. Just, like, horn in on a Miranda Sings gig that she's got going on? Yeah, well, I mean, I didn't want to say you were that bad, <laughs> but... Uh, excuse me? If Miranda hears you, she's going to be really pissed. No, Miranda's talented. I'm just saying you can never live up to her. Oh, okay. Well, now you're just being rude. <laughs> So the king was beginning to be very jealous of David and began to make his frustration known. In addition to being a great warrior, David was also an accomplished harpist. Not gay. (laughs) No, definitely not. (laughs) He would often play for the king when the so-called evil spirit came upon Saul. We don't know what it is, but... Oh, I guess I was to put a side note. Side note, if Saul was real, it seems he struggled with some sort of mental health disorder, or he was just a raging egomaniac. Anyway, one night, as David was playing his harp for the king, the story goes, The evil spirit from God came upon Saul, and David played with his hand, as at other times. I bet he did. He was <laughs> gay people usually play with their hand. Um, and there was a javelin in Saul's hand, and Saul cast the javelin, for he said, I will smite David even to the wall with it. And David avoided the javelin twice. Yeah. So he's like, jump. <laughs> and the king sitting over there like oh this fucking asshole and this fucking just, fairy just playing yeah exactly <laughs> just playing with his javelin which if if the like, psycho picks up a javelin while you're playing that's when you're like okay so I'm all done for the night anything else I can help you with seriously you know, he's just like playing with it and then all of a sudden he just like chucks it at David and David doesn't leave the first time he's like you know what it was probably a bad moment. He, he, he probably slipped. And who brought the javelin back to Saul? <laughs> who was like, I'm sorry, King, you lost something. Here you go. I think you dropped your javelin, sir. <laughs> Oopsie. <laughs> you know, now that I'm thinking about it, we're sitting here saying he's 17 because he's a teenager. Mm-hmm. But if people are living to 600, teenager might have been like 130 at that That's point. That's true. Who you know, knows? Who you know, knows? You it doesn't know. say. Yeah, he could have been that in his hundreds. But despite Saul's effort to kill his young protege because he was grooming David, David continued to stay around the palace and his love for Jonathan grew. And the king, in what seemed to be an out-of-character gesture, offered his daughter Merib to David in marriage. 
but David refused. Which, I don't know, <laughs> but back in the day in the Bible, like, nobody ever refused a free daughter. Exactly. From the king. Right. But Saul's like, why don't you be my son-in-law? And David's like, nah. <laughs> no, the little... Wait, was Saul... Who was... Saul was, Saul the, was the king. Saul was the king. No, who was... Jonathan was the son of the king. Right? Of the king, yes. Okay. So yeah, like, so it's his sister. I'll be your son-in-law, but <laughs> I like, want your son. Like, so I was like, so I want you in the family. And David's like, uh-huh. So I was thinking, uh-huh. You can marry my daughter. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, Saul's, and Jonathan's over in the corner trying not to cry. <laughs> well, that's what you have to do. <laughs> I'll never forgive you, but if you, if you must. If you must marry Merv, then you must. <laughs> so, but Saul was not to be deterred. The first book of Samuel makes it clear that Saul wanted one of his daughters to marry David so that he could keep an eye on him because Jonathan refused to spy on his lover, which is sweet. Saul was always trying to get Jonathan to tell him what David was doing, and Jonathan refused. That's good. Yeah. If it was modern, Jonathan would have probably been like going through a cell phone or something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, after Merib married off another man, Saul persuaded David to take another daughter, Michael. David still resisted, but the king would not be turned down again. Not only did he insist that David would marry Michael, but he insisted that David's dowry be paid in the and the foreskins of a hundred Philistines. But this was not because he thought David was so fond of the penises. Rather, Saul believed that in trying to gather these foreskins, David would be killed and the king's problem would be solved. Yet, much to Saul's dismay, David went out and collected not 100, but 200 foreskins and presented them to the king to take Michael as his wife. You know, he probably went out and was like, Went to the local bar. Yep. He, this was not murder. I, he probably was like, sup, sup buddy? What's you wanna fool around? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I need your foreskin, but I mean, I it'll, it'll be you. good afterwards. I think it should be good before, because do you really Oh, yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> it'll be good before. <laughs> it's like bleeding. <laughs> like, All right, buddy, time to pay up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, 200 foreskins. Why? Which, by the way... Personal opinion coming from a gay male. Mm-hmm. If you have a son, don't get him circumcised. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't do it. I mean, if you really want to do it, it's your own belief. But coming from a, an but adult... But should a parent be allowed to make that decision for their kid? I don't think they should. No. In my opinion, circumcision should be a, a person's choice when they come of age to make that exactly. decision for themselves. Why are you cutting off part of your son's dick because of your religious beliefs. You're reducing so much out of his... His pleasure. And just because and your parents did it to and you... I know, and I know you don't want to think of like your infant baby newborn's <laughs> pleasure, but come on. In the future, you know it's going to happen. So just let him have that moment when he gets older. Exactly. And all the myths that it's healthier and it's cleaner. It, it's it, just... it is, technically. But it's if just... you teach your child how to clean and take yeah. care of himself, it's fine. If you don't teach him how to clean his dick, it's going to be dirty whether he has foreskin or not. Exactly. Teach your kid how to take care of their body. That's right. the problem. And like, don't be embarrassed. Don't sit there and say, well, I don't want to talk about his penis because that's so personal. Yeah. You need to educate your child. And regardless of how people look at it, um, circumcision is rooted in religion. Mm-hmm. You can justify it however you it want today, but it is rooted in religion. It is re- rooted in a religious superstition, specifically from the story of Abraham and and um, and the Israelites 
Um, and so it, there's not a real good purpose for it today. Now there is some adults whose foreskin is too tight and like it can't retract fully. Well, if you have if to it's have a, it's it for a medical, medical reason, yeah, it's a medical concern for very few, for a very small percentage. It's of not people. that it's wrong. And if you become a grown ass adult and you're like, I want to cut off part of my penis, do it. But just why are you making these decisions for kids? Why are right. we altering their bodies for them? Right. You know, I, I don't agree with that. No, I don't either. And Saul, so another excerpt from the Bible. And Saul spake to Jonathan his son and to all his servants that they should kill David. But Jonathan delighted much in David. And Jonathan told David, saying, Saul, my father seeketh to kill thee. Now, therefore, take heed to thyself until the morning and abide in a secret place and hide thyself. First Samuel nineteen one through two. Jonathan delighted much in David, but they're totally not into no. each other. And by the way, if I would have read that, I would have been like nineteen one dash two. I would not <laughs> know what that meant. <laughs> so as David was hiding, Jonathan went to his father and begged him to spare David's life. Saul agreed for his son's sake and welcomed David back to the castle. However, just a short time later, David was once again playing his heart for Saul, and the king tried. Again, to sick David to the wall with a javelin. Who keeps giving him this javelin? I don't know. Like, at the, after this, the leader of the house should have been like, okay, guys, we're not going to store the javelins next to the throne anymore. We're going to move them over here. I just really like the aesthetic of them up by the throne. I think it shows power. I don't care. It's not safe. The king's just sitting up there. Anytime he gets pissed, he's like, ah! He's got a rack of javelins and he's just grabbing and throwing at whoever pisses him off. And what the fuck, David? Again, he picks up a javelin. That's when you get up and you leave. (laughs) He's like, you know what? The the when the javelin comes at me, I get a little turned on. (laughs) It probably is. (laughs) He's probably like, okay, I I can really like I can duck it this time. And he's just like running away with a raging boner. And he's like, Jonathan, (laughs) (laughs) you tried to kill me again. (laughs) I'm still here though. This time, Saul would hear no one's pleas. Jonathan and Michael, David's wife, mm-hmm. uh, helped David escape through a window in their chambers. Michael then made a dummy and put it in her bed and told everyone that David was sick and not to go into the room. I swear to God. He's, no, no, you don't want to go in there. He's got the plague. Don't go in <laughs> he's there. Got, yeah, he's got the black plague. We're trying not to spread it around the kingdom. <laughs> exactly. He's got the black plague. He's got the flu. Also, he has a raging headache. You don't want to go in there. And Ebola. And <laughs> Ebola. But after a few days, Saul was too eager to kill David and demanded that Michael bring him up to me in the bed that I may slay him. He was like, just drag the bed up here, put it in the center of the room. I'm going to throw my spear at him. I can't miss if he's in the bed. Exactly. <laughs> just got my rack of new javelins that just came in. They're shiny. They're new. I got them sharpened and I'm ready to go. <laughs> And when Saul saw that his daughter had lied to him for his enemy, he nearly killed her. He picked up the javelin, but he was like, this is my daughter. I can't do it. Yeah. I feel bad for Michael because she really loved David. I didn't put oh, yeah. that in there, but it says in the Bible several times that she loved him. And, you know, he was just in love with her brother. But she was just like, but maybe one day he'll feel the same about Oh, you me. didn't watch The Handmaid's Tale. So, no. there... Spoiler alert. Do you spoiler care if there's a spoiler alert? I don't care if there's spoiler a spoiler alert, but if you listen to The man- Handmaid's Tale... Fast forward like 30 seconds. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so there's an, like in season two, um, do you know Nick? The mm-hmm. one that Alfred like... Yeah, that works was, like, for the yeah, place. Yeah, like she, lived like she had a relationship with. Yeah. yeah, so he is forced to marry like this like 16 or like 15 year old girl oh, wow. because she like... She's fertile? Yeah. Yeah. So he was like forced to marry her and she like loves him. 
because yeah. she thinks she like she doesn't actually love him but she thinks she she's does infatuated with right him. because yeah. she's like oh my god like this is my place on earth because mm-hmm. they've been in that for years now so like she was raised to believe like i'm gonna be married to a man and i'm gonna be his wife and i'm gonna like clean and clean and clean and clean keep fast forwarding and clean and clean <laughs> and like you know he'll love me and i'll decorate the house and this so she's like infatuated with him and he just wants off red because this is like the woman that he actually loves yeah and she's like underage so he feels like really bad about this yeah and she's just like, why don't you love me? Why don't you love me? And like she feel, and like you see her like crying and stuff, and oh. feeling like, she, and she's like, she goes to offer it, and she's like, am I ugly? Like why doesn't he like me? And I felt so bad for her because yeah. like, yeah, like I always... she like wanted him, but he like, and he did end up having sex with her because like she was like, well, obviously you're like a gender traitor, which is the term they use for homosexuals if mm-hmm. you don't want me. Yeah. So like yeah. he's like, well, fuck, like they're gonna, I guess I'm gonna like get they're in gonna trouble. kill him. Yeah. yeah. So he, like, has sex with her, and he feels, like, so, like, nasty about it afterwards because she's underage. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's that that whole environment that they create, which is what happens when you create bullshit. Oh, all of a sudden, children are being, like, raped because that's what... Because that's what the Bible wants. Yeah, and it's okay, Catholics. (laughs) That's right, we're coming for you. Yeah, I always felt bad for Michael in the Bible, even when I was in the cult. Like reading it, I was always—I just felt bad for it because it was even. Now, when you were reading it in the cult, mm-hmm. did you interpret it that you didn't interpret it that was gay? Did you? I didn't, but I definitely was like, "This is a really close relationship." Like it felt off to me, but they always just like played it up as it's just good friendship. So how did you know that he didn't love Michael? Like, does it say he doesn't love Michael? He just constantly avoids her. Like, he doesn't want to marry her. He's never with her. Okay, so it kind of shows. It just kind of shows that he's just like, I married you because your father made me marry you. But she states many times that she loves him. And she, like, makes him, like, come home and sleep with her because he won't ever be home. Like, she just does all these things. Mm -hmm. You know, and then later on it says that she, like, turns to hate him because... You know, you know, and it's unfortunate because he was forced into this. Yeah, he, exactly. Oh, you're forced into a marriage and you don't love each other? Shocking. Mm, those always go well. Always. <laughs> so, um, as David hid a few towns away, Jonathan came to see him and the two devised a plan for the final plea to Saul not to kill David. And as they talk, David says to Jonathan, I have found grace in thine eyes. This is a phrase used to mean romantic love during the writings of this time, according to many biblical scholars. Jonathan responded to David by saying, Whatsoever thy soul desireth, I will even do it for thee. The word it is italicized in the Bible to mean death. So he would say, Whatsoever thy soul desireth, I will even do it for thee, meaning I would even die for you. Yep. David decided to remain in hiding three days, and during that time, Jonathan would try to convince his father to call off his hunt. At the end of three days, Jonathan would go to a designated spot and shoot three arrows. If they landed to one side of David, everything was safe. But if they landed to the other side of David, he must leave and never return because it was not safe. Clearly, it wasn't safe for Jonathan to be meeting David, as we see from this from the need to plan such an odd signal. Yeah. Now, could you imagine if after all this time he dodged all these, like, javelins, <laughs> and then all of a sudden this arrow comes flying, trying to go to one side of him, and, like, <laughs> and it shoots him? Sorry! <laughs> it's just like, I dodged your father's javelins for 75 years! And this is what happens! <laughs> yeah. Of course, that would happen. Yeah. So, yeah, we don't know, we like, need to what... write our own, like, version of fucking... The Bible? Yeah. No, of, okay. like... Family Guy or like Futurama, like something like that. It would be so good. Yeah, just the Bible. Just like 
but written as the ridiculous nonsense that it is. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So they have, they have this whole plan. Like David's hiding out somewhere, like in a field behind a bale of hay, and Jonathan's gonna shoot these arrows. And like, it doesn't say where, but like to the right of him, it's, everything's clear. And to the left, you better stay hidden. So for the next three days, Saul pressured Jonathan to tell him where David was, but Jonathan would not budge. On the third day, the king erupted and screamed at his son, Thou son of a perverse, rebellious woman, which I think is Bible for thou son of a bitch. Do not I know that thou hast chosen the son of Jesse to thine own confusion and to the confusion of thy mother's nakedness? So basically, Saul is calling out Jonathan's confusion over his love for David. It's interesting that it puts it in there. Like, he, Saul oh, is yeah. very... They very... Okay. Mm-hmm. In my opinion... Yes. Not knowing anything about the Bible, mm-hmm. but as a person... <laughs> okay. That gives me a lot of credibility. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Um, this story is so clearly gay. It is so... You cannot... Okay, he's literally said, I'll die for you. Yeah. He's literally said, like, they got naked together. They got naked um, and made a covenant together. And this was, like, right after meeting each other. So, I, like, I covenants were very serious in the Bible. You didn't just hop into them with anyone. So, they make this deep, intimate covenant with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said they find grace in their eyes. And yeah. now the father is even calling out and saying, you're confused. Exactly. Which is what every... Well, not every. Who hasn't I, heard that? Right. <laughs> a lot of people, pretty much anybody who's gay at least at once in their life, even from a stranger, has just yeah. heard, you're confused, you don't right, know. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's like like my, my parents saying to, that, to me, you're just, you're confused, you're going through a phase, you don't know what it is, you know, the devil has blinded you, <laughs> right? And then that, that's like, that's literally, Saul is very irritated with David and it's not because they have a good friendship. It is because he know or Saul's very angry at Jonathan and it's not because they have right. a close friends. The dad wouldn't be trying to kill him if he was a friend. Exactly. The the Saul like is furious at because Jonathan, as he says, For as long as David liveth upon the ground, thou shalt not be established, nor thy kingdom. Now sin and fetch him unto me, for he shall surely die. He's going to try to throw another javelin at him. (laughs) Exactly. So Saul's talking about how David is going to take the kingdom from Jonathan. But the thing is that Jonathan, who was next in line for the kingdom, refused to take it. He wanted David to be king. Because he wanted to be a housewife. No. (laughs) You know what? I would probably have been Jonathan. I would have been like, you know what? That's a lot of responsibility. You run the kingdom. I'll just take, you know, like, I'll just get to be like the famous person that everybody wants to look at. That's true. That's true. If if you look at the United States, the first person of the United States, Mm because I'm sure there will eventually be a a queer couple. Yes. The first person of the United States is Mm -hmm. always, like, always looked to as either a fashion icon or a household name like yeah it's like i feel like that in history that the first currently the first lady but yeah eventually the first person mm-hmm. is always kind of even if not in a good light they're always well, like they're a already name. Uh, they're already always upheld everybody like looks at them yes just as closely right. as they look at the the president or the leader so but but jo- the thing is jonathan refused to take the kingdom and his father was furious of it and he was furious of it because he knew that jonathan's love for david is what stopped him from taking the kingdom mm-hmm. so and continuing with that and jonathan answered 
Wherefore shall he be slain? What has he done? And Saul cast a javelin at him to smite him. And Jonathan knew that it was determined by his father to slay David. Because still haven't moved those fucking javelins. <laughs> he just got a box. He's got, he goes to like the supermarket and picks up like a box. Ooh, two for one javelins today. I don't mind if I do. Might as well fill up the cart. Okay. Might as well. <laughs> walking around with javelins sticking out of his cart. He's like taking Excuse people. Oops, sorry. Oh, sorry about your black. Someone's like, I got enough javelins. He takes one and throws it at him. So you're going to have to pay for that. <laughs> Fuck you, I'm the king. Exactly. I don't pay for shit. <laughs> so we see now that Saul has called out his son for his love for David and is so furious with Jonathan that he even tries killing him as well. The next morning, Jonathan went out to the field and warned David to stay hidden by shooting the arrows on the warning side. Later, the two met for the final time. The story reads, And David fell on his face to the ground and bowed himself three times, and they kissed one another and wept one with another until David exceeded. And Jonathan said to David, Go in peace. The Lord be between thee and me and thee and between my seed and thy seed forever. And he arose and departed, and Jonathan went into the city. They were definitely just friends, though. No, definitely. So a couple of things. So first of all, they kissed, which was common in the Bible times, but we don't know what kind of kiss. Also, some people think that David exceeding himself means that he came, but I don't really <laughs> see that. I don't know. It's a pretty emotional moment. No, they're crying. They're like, we're never going to see exactly. each other. Exactly. Yeah. Someone, I read that where someone said that David exceeding himself means that he came, but I don't see that. But yeah, you know. Um, I mean, unless they had a final... A final One final moment. thing. Yeah, I don't know. So, also, I don't understand the pro- purpose of Jonathan shooting the arrows when he just went and saw David. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> Gotta be dramatic. Well, maybe Typical it was like a, Maybe if he didn't see the arrows, he wouldn't have came out. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Could have been. <laughs> so, the farewell scene of the two lovers is a particular favorite in artists, some going all the way back to the 14th century. This was a very touching moment, and sadly, they would never meet again. Saul continued to chase David, and eventually it led to both his and Jonathan's death. When David found out of his lover's death, he was deeply grieved and wrote out his words in the Song of the Bow. Remember, Jonathan was an archer and had used a bow to warn David to stay in hiding. The final lines of the song read... You can sing it. How are the mighty fallen in the midst of the battle? O Jonathan, thou wast slain in thine high places. (laughs) I am distressed for thee, my brother Jonathan. Very pleasant hast thou been unto me. Thy love for me was wonderful. Passing the love of women. That's a horrible song. <laughs> Sorry for everybody listening. But the last slide I want to put. Uh, Thy love for me was wonderful. Passing the love of women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because a woman couldn't give him what he needed. Wouldn't satisfy him. No. Susan Ackerman, a biblical scholar, believes this final sentence is the most striking proof that David and Jonathan were more than just friends. As is the case with most older texts, and certainly ones based on mythology, we do not know the sexual nature of David and Jonathan's relationship. Yet, their deep commitment to one another has inspired artists and writers for centuries. Jonathan defied his father, his family, and his kingdom to save David, and David would grieve Jonathan for the rest of his life. It is hard to believe that a love so rich and devoted would be strictly platonic. 
Perhaps one of the most striking points of David and Jonathan's story is that David is often treated as a biblical hero in conservative Christian circles. Fundamentalists who preach against the queer community, protest to limit our rights, and who have even called for the death penalty for homosexual acts, all worship a guy who was most certainly gay, or at the very least bisexual. Either way, it is interesting that a book used to beat the queer community over the head could have such a beautiful queer story within its pages. But that is all we have for today, though, Queerstians. Don't worry about going to church this weekend because we took care of it for you. Our main resource for this episode was, of course, the Bible, the King James Version, if you're wondering. Also, qspirit.net, that's Q-S-P-I-R-I-A-T.net, which is a, um, that we also use that as, as a resource, and it is a website for queer people of faith, if you are a queer person of faith and you want to check it out. And our recommended resource actually comes from their site. If you want to know more about homosexual relationships in the Bible, then check out Jonathan Love David, Homosexuality and Biblical Time by Tom N. Horner. That is considered the textbook of everything biblically queer. However, it's a little outdated, so we also suggest The Prince's Psalm by Eric Shaw Quinn. And remember to please download and share our podcast. You can find us on anywhere that you, any place that you get your podcast. Check out our social media as well and follow us on all our different outlets. And if you can subscribe to our Patreon page and donate even a dollar a month, that really helps us out. And if you're in the area and want to meet us, don't forget, we will be in Worcester for Worcester Pride on Saturday, September 8th. So thanks for coming to church, Queerstians. Try to keep from sinning, you beautiful sapphists. And don't get a lobotomy. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe and review wherever you are listening and follow us on social media at Your Queer Story. Like what you heard? Want to share your story? Send us a voice message to add to the podcast from the Anchor app or at anchor.fm slash yourqueerstory. And if you would like to support the work we do or get exclusive content, check us out on patreon.com slash yourqueerstory. See you next week. Bye. Bye.